Well, this is it. Craig Hemingway, Joe Gunnis in the Ratio Podcast for week 20, the final week in the CFL regular season. Joe Gunnis, uh, where's the time gone? Yeah, it's crazy to think, you know, we're we're waiting for June to show up so that we could get into the football. And, and uh, now we're sitting here and saying, hey, the Grey Cup's, uh, you know, uh, inching closer as we go. So, yeah, it's uh, incredible that it's uh, went this fast. Generally speaking, the, the final weekend shaping up about as well as the, the league fans and, and TSN would like, save for the Friday night football game, which TSN can't be thrilled about. It's the only game of the weekend that doesn't mean anything, Joe, and that's Montreal taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, the two teams uh, in the East that are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know that everybody's going to tune in for that, uh, but really I think they should because, you know, Nick Lewis has said uh, publicly that that's uh, that this is his last season. So, I mean, that'll be his last game, right? So it'll be uh, something that people should watch. I mean, you're not going to see another receiver like Nick Lewis uh, for a long, long time. Uh, but as far as the actual game and meaning and that type of thing, well, obviously uh, right now it doesn't mean much for fans as far as that goes. But, I mean, as far as players go playing for jobs and, and uh, you know, what does Hamilton do with June Jones and where does Cavus go with the uh, with the coaching piece? So there's, there's lots of of interesting uh, stories around that game anyways. Stories likely more interesting uh, than the game itself, that's for sure. However, the back end of the Friday Night Football doubleheader should be far more interesting, and of course there's a lot more at stake, Joe, and that is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Calgary taking on the Stampeders. Uh, Winnipeg does control their own destiny, but they've got a new captain at the helm to try and make that happen. Matt Nichols injured, and so Dan Lefevre gets the start at quarterback for the injury riddle blue bombers there's something that uh, as a bomber fan would would scare me right i mean you've got the the guy that's you know been anointed the starter and, and has done a great job all season long and, and and now he's injured and that happens in football but you've got dan lefevre and i mean how much has he played over the last year or three to four or five years that he's been in the league, right? He's been a backup quarterback his whole career. So now you're, you're jumping in to assume a starting role and uh, with not much experience this year, uh, you know, it could be a tough situation for Winnipeg. Yeah, don't like the Bombers' chances winning in Calgary, given the fact that Calgary is going to want to enter the playoffs on a high note. And again, noting the Bomber injuries and those sorts of things. Uh, Winnipeg, does control their own destiny, though. If they do pull out a win, that will guarantee them second in the West and a home playoff date. And that takes us to Edmonton in Saskatchewan. The Riders also control their own fate. They win, they get third, they stay in the West. And then in there is Edmonton. Well, they win, they're guaranteed at least third. But if Winnipeg loses, then they'll move up to second and get the host that semi against the Blue Bombers. So uh, Edmonton's got a couple different ways that they could go uh, between second, third, or fourth. Yeah, you know, here's the question, though, with this whole thing is, you know, the, the age-old question, are you – are you going with uh, your starters even though they may be injured or somewhat injured? Are you resting them for the playoff run? Do you want to stay, and if you're the Riders, do you want to stay in the West? Um, does the East look more inviting? I mean, all these scenarios play out, but I believe that uh, Edmonton's going to come into Saskatchewan ready to go, right? and they're going to want to have that home playoff game if at all possible, right? So 
you know, the Riders also, I think, you know, it's a sense of pride and a, and a sense of going into the playoffs with a win. So I don't, I don't think you're going to want to just say, no, nah, we're going to rest everybody and we're, we're not going to give it an effort because, you know, staying in the West is a sense of pride. Well, it's a sense of pride, and in both cases, uh, Edmonton and Saskatchewan, uh, they're probably licking their chops at the prospect of getting a win. Edmonton, uh, knowing that the Bombers are playing in Calgary, and, and for the reasons we've already discussed, thinking Calgary's likely winning that game. So Edmonton's going into to Regina thinking that we win this, we're getting home field in the playoffs. For the Riders, uh, they'd like to win stay in the West to play a Bomber team who looks a little susceptible right now. Again, Nichols could be back for the playoffs, though Mike O'Shea uh, didn't exactly say it was 100% that Nichols would be ready for that playoff game. So the Riders are going to want to pull out that win in front of the home crowd, giving them the momentum they've had the last few weeks carrying through to the playoffs. And, and again, the way they've played Calgary, they'll take their chances against the Stampeders. Yes, I mean, the whole thing is you want to go into the playoffs and you want to be going in on a winning note. You want to be playing at a high level. I mean, all the teams should want to do that. And certainly, you know, the way the Riders have been playing, I don't think they need to worry too much about who they're playing. If they go out and execute their game plan, uh, which they have uh, in the past games, the results are pretty much in their favor. So that handles all of the West possibilities, and that takes us then to the final game of the weekend. Saturday night in Vancouver, the non-playoff bound BC Lions host the Toronto Argonauts, who are going to the playoffs. And again, Joe, they control their destiny. Win or a tie, Argos clinch first in the East. That is a big deal for the Toronto Argonauts. I mean, we've talked, uh, you know, all year about attendance and different things. And I think getting a home playoff game and especially, uh, you know, an Eastern final makes a big impact on Toronto and allows their marketing staff and allows their, their players to interact with their fans even even longer. And it's something to be proud about and, and certainly start a bit of a tradition there, you know, with the Trestman uh, era, so to speak, there. And uh, and I really think that that'll be a very good thing for, for the CFL as well. Well, I hope whatever happens, whether it's Eastern Semi or the Eastern Final, or both maybe, uh, that Toronto's able to draw a crowd and, and, and again, um, slowly get that franchise back into some solid ground when it comes to attendance. But we'll see what happens. Uh, that is the game Saturday night. The last game of the weekend, Toronto and BC. And then, of course, it's all playoffs the few weeks after that as we enter the month of November. We'll talk with Sean Lemmer of the Toronto Argonauts, who will be in the lineup first time in a few weeks. He will play for the Argos. He's coming up with a twist of lemon. And, of course, we'll uh, talk fins and skins uh, and more with our friend Henry Waschuk as the Ratio Podcast continues. Right now, a quick word about EMJ Marketing. EMJ Marketing provides keynote speakers, MCs, sports celebrities, and entertainers for your next event. There's a long list of CFL greats on the EMJ roster, from Damon Allen to Pinball Clemens to Scott Schultz and Gizmo Williams and beyond. So for your next sports dinner, visit emjmarketing.com to find your entertainment. Thanks for joining us in the ratio this week. I'm Craig Hemingway. Still to come? A twist of lemon. Sean Lemon of the Toronto Argonauts will talk about getting back in the lineup and trying to secure first place in the East for his Toronto Argonauts. But right now, we'll talk to a former member of the Argos' rivals down the road in Hamilton, five-time Eastern All-Star Henry Wozchuk, who played from 75 through 84 and has gone on to uh, be one of Canada's biggest sporting stars. That's right, the host of Fins and Skins and uh, creating Fins Media Group. 
He is uh, a Canadian legend for sure. We're glad to have him on the program this week. Henry, thanks for joining us. Well, no problem. It's uh, great to be on the show. Well, listen, we're going to get to uh, some really cool things you're doing uh, through your Finns Media Group here in a bit as uh, the success of your, your programs continues. But uh, I guess let's start with uh, uh, a team that's close to your heart, your former team who you played for for about 10 years, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, a rough year in Hamilton, Henry. I know you still go to the games. I mean, as you're, as you're watching uh, both as a fan and maybe we're inside as a former player, I guess take us through this season because there was certainly a, a lot that happened in, in, in that uh, non-playoff season. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, Hamilton, like many of the uh, teams across Canada, have their diehards, and then you have the influx of people, you know, if the enthusiasm builds up, more people come to the game and that kind of stuff. But uh, it was a really tough year, even for myself as a player with season tickets, Um I, you know, I shake my head. My wife always says to me, she says, you know, you should have went into coaching, you know, you, you know, and I even have people, you know, on the, in the stands going like, you know, okay, well, why did they do that? Why did they do that? And, you know, and I, I'm, I actually confuse myself on some play calling and what's going on, but they certainly didn't have their stuff together as a team, uh, at least for the first half of the season. I felt really bad for Polaris, um, you know, a great quarterback and, uh, as a not just a fan, but a, you know, I played center for so many years. I watched him, and I think the injury really um, affected him as far as mentally and and being in the game and and thinking that maybe he'll get hit again or you know and injured again. So I, I just didn't feel feel that he had the freedom. But he's a great player. Um, then there were so many other issues with coaching. Uh, the play, uh, play calling, uh, new coaches coming in and out, uh, which you don't really expect in the start of the season. By the time you go to training camp, you've got the players, the coaches, they're all intact. And uh, I think there was just too much uh, controversy going on. Uh, players weren't playing as a team. Um, there was just so much going on, which was very disappointing just to watch. Um, just, you know, uh, tough for me. But they uh, kind of got settled down, you know, kind of two-thirds in the season, which in a way was too late. But, you know, if they start winning all the rest of the games, which is kind of tough for a team to do. But, you know, I think when, uh, you know, the quarterback change came in, you you know, uh, Jeremiah Masoli uh, did a great job, um, made a lot of great plays, you know, coming in off the bench. He, you know, he showed his stuff in the last couple of years as a backup, but, um, it was just one of those rough years for Hamilton, and I think they're going to learn from all the stuff uh, that went on this year and, um, you know, turn things around uh, for the following season. Do you get a sense that the stability in, in the front office and, and through June Jones will at least stay intact through next year? That's a tough call, you know. Um, you know, as an outsider from, I'm part of the alumni, and you know, we really don't get involved in what you see on the, you know, basically downtown and what they decide on an administration. But um, I don't think he's going to go. I think if they brought them in, you know, he's not going to leave where he is to come in and take a job for you know a month and a half and then decide, well, okay, they'll bring another guy in next year. I think he, you know, he won some games under his belt. Um, you know, he's got an offensive coordinator in there now, and 
you know, I, I think he may decide to change some coaches. Who knows? But um, I think you've got to have some stability. You can't just start, you know, guessing and, and bringing another coach in. Let's try this guy. Let's try that guy. I think you got to, because the players feel it. you you got to have players that play from the heart and play for a coach. Um, so, you know, that's really important. So the less change that they make, uh, the better I think the team will be. And um, I, if they made that decision partway through the season to go with Jones, then I, my personal feeling is they got to stay with him at least for a season and, and see what he's going to do next year. No, it's an excellent point, and uh, you know the similar things are being talked about in, in in Montreal, even with you know with Cavis Reed there. People saying, "Well, is he the right choice?" Well, he's only been there a year. Same thing. Uh, do you just do you keep blowing up year after year? That doesn't do anybody any good either, as well. Right. Well, listen, uh, you know, uh, they, they play the final game against Montreal this weekend, of course, and then it is off to that great off season uh, for yourself. You know, you mentioned that your wife said you should have gone into coaching. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, given what you do with all your fishing shows and those sorts of things, it's probably way more fun to go fishing and talk football <laughs> than have to worry about the stresses of coaching a team. Yeah, it's just, it's just a stress to make sure you hook a fish or two to know that you have a show. Uh, but no, I, it's, you know, I don't think I could, you know, change what's happened in my, uh, uh, fishing 33 years professionally and being on TSN for that long has been a great career. I kind of, you know, um, my kids always joked around when I turned 60, they said, well, you know, I guess dad's going to retire now and says, well, no, he's not. So why are we having a retirement party, you know, or a birthday and so on. So. But I've kind of figured I'm going to maybe do two more seasons, of especially the celebrity show that I do with fins and skins, uh, fishing and golf, and um, and just try to slow down. Um, it's been a great run. I've traveled the world. Uh, I've caught some incredible fish. Um, I've been to some of the top fishing and golf destinations in the world, so you, you can't knock that. And I have a lot of you know, friends and people that say like, well, what are you going to do when you retire? Uh, fish and golf? Oh, yeah, nice. So um, and we're, we're in a situation where I'm just happy to, you know, be with the grandkids. You know, when you get older, it's about the grandkids and your family and getting together and, you know, watching them play hockey or whatever, you know, and um, it's very enjoyable. But, you know, it's a couple of weeks and, I head back to Florida, you know, we're usually there six months. I do my filming there for the TV series. Of course, it's warmer and don't have to worry about snow. I mean, I filmed a commercial yesterday in Ontario. <laughs> it's like it snowed for half the day. So it's hard to film a show that, I mean, a commercial that it's not supposed to be any snow on the ground. Um, but there's always challenges in what you do. But I... Yeah, I love what I do. I um, love to take people fishing and let them catch uh, one of the biggest fish in their lives, and it's a, it's a great experience uh, for me. And you mentioned, uh, of course, the celebrity show, Fins and Skins, and, you know, uh, the show's been on, you said, a long time. You're still pulling in, reeling in huge celebrities, uh, a couple of big ones from this past year. You mentioned Mark Messier and uh, also one of the greatest hitters in Major League Baseball of all time, Wade Boggs. How does that happen? Well, uh, with Wade Boggs, I've known, uh, he filmed the show with me years ago, and I had a, res uh, a golf resort in the middle of Florida called Stream Song, and he lives in Tampa, and I see him at a lot of the, you know, uh, uh, pretty well, you know, 
major shows or trade shows and he appears in any of the you know dinner appearances so he says hey man next time you're doing a show i'd love to be on again and so it just so happened and uh, a great guy and i just have to tell you <laughs> those of you who haven't seen the show on tsn the first hole is 390 yards and he drives the green so you talk about a big hitter um you know so Needless to say, it didn't matter how many fish I caught, I couldn't win. Um, but Mark Messier, yeah, that was a great show. I did that in his, one of his um, uh, places down in Dupuski Island by Hilton Head. Uh, great guy, just the salt of the earth and loves the fish. He has a place in uh, Bahamas also called Runaway Hill. And uh, so he has a passion for fishing. We did a redfish show and... I also did a show in Ontario with uh, the Olympic gold curler Brad Jacobs um, on the St. Mary's River, uh, steelheading on a fly rod, and also had an NFL great uh, Donovan Darius from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the season was really great with celebrities. Um, I think the longer you're in the business and people see your show, they go like, gosh, I'd like to be on that show. Beat Henry. <laughs> so... You know, I, I that's all great stuff, but I have to go back to, to the first part of your story about Wade Boggs. He's 59 years old, and you're telling me he drove a 390-yard green? Yep, yep. It was an opening hole, and uh, he did get a great bounce off the top of a hill uh, going off a sand trap, but still, I said, I don't care if it was 360, he had a bounce and it ran 30 yards. It still was unbelievable, and... Um, yeah, no, he's a great, great golfer. I mean, he you got to remember a lot of these celebrities, um, I don't care who they are, but if they're big names, they play a lot of golf. I mean, seriously, they do a lot of tournaments and so on, and um, you get in, the more you play, I think it's anything, whether you, the more you fish, the more you golf, or no, more, no matter what you do, the more you do it, the better you get, so, but um he certainly played a lot better than the first time I played him, which was about 15 years ago. Uh, well, listen, the legend of Wade Boggs grows. I don't know if you had heard this a couple of years ago. He, he told a story about drinking 107 beers in one day. Hey, listen, I've experienced it. I've experienced his um, beverage drinking. And uh, when I tell people that uh, from 6 o'clock till 9.30, the guy can drink 30 beers and still be standing... Uh, I'm a witness, <laughs> so I don't know whether he definitely has a wooden leg and, uh, you know, his beer drinking attributes, um, I don't understand it. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And, uh, uh he should have a couple of, um, whatever you call it, Budweiser trophies in his, uh, case along with his golden gloves. Hollow leg and a, and a bladder the size of Lake Erie, apparently. Holy cow. <laughs> No, he is amazing, but a great guy. <laughs> well, that's amazing stuff. And again, one more reason reason to uh, to find your show, to find Pins and Skins, and give it a watch, whether it's for Wade or Mark Messi or any of the others uh, as well. And, you know, you mentioned uh, maybe you know in a couple of years retiring. Now, uh, this is a pretty big media group you've got. Do you have uh, an heir apparent? Is there a next person uh, in line to continue what you've begun? Well, I, you know, when I've, I've been producing Fish in the Flats, uh, the saltwater series, for years, um, since 1999, and it was a great series. I tried Fishing Hotspots, which was one that I did for offshore fishing, plus the Fins and Skin Show. And I had a guy that I was training, but 
it, it really is hard because I think a lot of younger guys think that, you know, you're just going to be on TV. I think the whole world of um, video has changed for the smaller guys. I mean, because you can shoot stuff on an iPhone and it's broadcast quality. You can edit it and it can go to air. I mean, that's only happened in the last, you know, four or five years. So a lot of them don't understand the hard work that goes behind. I mean, securing advertisers and sponsors who believe in you and want to support you because you've got a good rating and, you know, you're good on camera or people like you or whatever it is. It's no different than um, listening to you and people like the shows that you produce or listening to a radio station or television you know, news, you know, anchor, because you watch it because you like that group. So, you know, I've developed that over the years, and it's really hard to replace yourself with someone else, even if it's your son or your daughter. Uh, Many guys in the fishing industry in the U.S. have tried it, and it really hasn't worked. Um, So when I say, like, I wish I could pass the torch uh, to someone else, um, that has the same passion for fishing and education and entertainment that I've had over my career. But, um, you know, it's best to, you know, leave the memories of, you know, what you've created and, you know, I'll probably still stay with it. I mean, I have my publication under the same name, Fins and Skins, and I'll do, I'll still dabble in the fishing and do some consulting and, you know, I, I mean, I have a uh, fishing app that I went with called Fish Angler. It's a great app. It's free and it's great information and put all my videos into there with uh, the knowledge that I've had over the years. So, you know, you just, um, you know, you got to kind of bow out at, uh, at some point. So, um, you know, in a couple of years, you know, I've got contracts until 2020. So, Hopefully I just stay healthy and, you know, the older you get, you know, those football injuries still come back and you go like, well, why am I not sleeping? My shoulder hurts, my leg hurts. Um, So anyway, uh, that's the price you pay when you play the sports, but uh, I've had a good career. Well, uh, if you're still stuck in a couple of years, maybe we suggest Wade Boggs. It sounds like he can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's quite the character. Just uh, I guess the first sponsor we should go after is a is a beer sponsor. <laughs> well, it does dovetail into some of all the fun things, the fishing and then the golfing and everything else. Finn's Media Group, Henry. Uh, how do we find out more about uh, about all the, the great shows you're, you're producing? Well, I have my um, the website is just finsmediagroup.com uh, and. You know, I've got the show listings, but I'm both in Canada and the U.S., you know, in Canada, of course, I'm on, you know, TSN number one network, you know, and all out west. I'm on uh, global, uh, of course, World Fishing Network. In the U.S., I'm on Fox Sports and Tough TV and so on. So I reach I reach about almost 100 million households every week. So it's been a, um, you know, great syndication with all the shows um, so from that standpoint, you know, you've, you've got to look it up and, you know, check a schedule with the, your network in your area. And those who are really involved in fishing are probably, you know, already on the World Fishing Network because, I mean, that's all it is is fishing. Um, so if you're interested in that. But, uh, no, it's uh, TSN has done a good job for me um, from the shows. Fins and Skins usually airs on a weekend, you know, Saturday or Sunday around 
in the afternoons around PGA events and whatnot. So because it is a also a skins game in golf that we play uh, besides the fishing competition. So that works out really well. And, um, you know, and then, um, like I said, as far as uh, schedule, like, I mean, it's, it's different right across the board from East coast to West coast, depending what your air times are. So, but uh, yeah, check the website and then it has all the information there. Outstanding stuff. And before we let you go, we'll tie it back into uh, CFL. Who's in the Grey Cup and who wins? <laughs> that's, that, that's a tough one at this point. Uh, give me another week and I maybe get a little closer. But, uh, you know, I, you know, being the Easterner, you know, I, I you know, always want an East to win. You know what it's like when your team's out, then you get the next team in the East. And, uh um, I think Toronto is going to play fairly tough um, as long as the, the healthiness gets there. And uh, but you know what? Look what happened with Ottawa uh, a year ago. And uh, you know, for such a young team, so you never know. It's it's all the comes down to any any major game in the Canadian Football League. You know, I've always said it's you know it's not one part of the game is going to win. You you have to have a um, a, a good balance between your offense, defense, and kicking game. With two downs, it's not like the NFL where you know you can squeeze out another down and 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 make it you know so you can keep on moving forward. So, but I I would say between Toronto and Ottawa, I, that's going to be on that side. Uh, so you Westerners, don't get mad at me. You know I'm a Hamiltonian, so I got to kind of stick with the East. <laughs> well, a stranger things, man, stranger things. Henry Waschuk, uh, we appreciate your time and, and wish you all the best with your shows, your grandkids, and, and your health and everything else. Awesome. Well, hey, great, uh, great chatting, great being on the program, and uh, everybody enjoy and have a great Christmas. Our thanks again to Henry Waschuk for joining us on the Ratio Podcast this week. Time for a break. When we come back, a twist of lemon with Sean Lemon of the Toronto Argonauts on the Ratio Podcast. The CFL Alumni Association is devoted to serving former players and keeping them in the fold to promote the game of football across the country. Established in 2008, the CFLAA continues to grow and sustain the relationship between the CFL and the players that helped make it great. They also help former players in a time of financial need. If you want to find out more about the work done by the CFL Alumni Association, check out their website, cflaa.ca. And welcome back to the Ratio Podcast. I'm Craig Hemingway. Up in a moment, Sean Lemon with a twist of lemon. Right now, though, a note about our friends at SeatGiant.ca, the place to go to find tickets for football, hockey, baseball, basketball, all the major sporting events, and beyond even the big four. You can find your tickets with SeatGiant.ca, and it goes well beyond sporting events as well. The biggest concerts, Rod Stewart, the legend, just announced a big tour. Yeah, if you want to find Rod Stewart tickets, uh, they can be available through SeatGiant.ca from concerts and Broadway shows across North America. All your tickets in one place and even better, no matter where that show is, you will pay and see prices in Canadian funds. at SeatGiant.ca and to save even more money, use the promo code RATIOPOD and save 3% off your next purchase through SeatGiant.ca. Time now for a twist of lemon. Sean Lemon of the Toronto Argonauts, who has missed the last several weeks with an upper body injury, is ready to get back in the lineup. We believe the Argos coming off their bye week with a shot at clinching first place and a spot on the Eastern Final at BMO Field. 
with a win against BC this weekend. Sean, you are getting back in the lineup this weekend, are you not? Yes, I am. I'm uh, very excited about it, man. It's been uh, feel like a little kid, you know, uh, waiting for Christmas to come around, and Christmas is finally here. Well, you get to unwrap. It's like unwrapping your gifts on the field against uh, the BC Lions on Saturday night in Vancouver, the last game of the weekend. And and uh, I guess let's just back it up a little bit. Obviously, you're healthy. You thought even last week probably had had there been a game last week or even the week before that was really 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 meaningful. Maybe you would have been back in the lineup. But but it sounds like uh, the Argos wanted to be extra cautious, make sure you were 101 or two percent, right? Yeah, most definitely, you know, and uh, I'd just like to, you know, thank our training staff and our coaching staff for, uh, you know, just being very uh, safe and precautionary with me because, you know, we play a physical game, especially on the uh, defensive line. So I'm thankful, man, just thankful and uh, excited to play this week. Have you been able to get uh, back up to game speed or or as close to it in practices? Do you feel like your conditioning's back? Oh, yes, most definitely. We, uh, you know, what I've been doing the past uh, four weeks is – with our, uh, our our staff here, our, our strength coach and stuff, we've been doing extra conditioning for guys, you know, six-game guys, just not, not around the team, but just doing extra stuff to, you know, kind of stay in shape, hit the gym for my wife and stuff throughout the week, do some extra cardio and abs and some workouts to make sure the shoulders strengthen and all that good stuff. When you weren't practicing, anything uh, fun in your bye week? Uh, yeah, fun to think about the the thing that the playoffs coming up. So I just you know watch a lot of film and understand that you know it was a possibility of me coming back to the lineup this week. And I was just excited, man. I've just been thinking about football twenty four seven these past uh, two or three weeks now. Have you noticed at all within the city that now that you're getting close to the playoffs and, and the Argos have clinched a home playoff date in in some fashion? Um, have you? Got the sense that there's starting to maybe uh, be any more excitement around the team than there might have been a few weeks ago? Yes, there's a lot of excitement around the city of Toronto right now. Um, everybody's you know curious about what they were going to play for the playoff game. I've been hearing a lot of that. So uh, teams are, you know, guys are really, really interested in coming to see the, uh, their team go out and, uh, you know, play a playoff game the first time in history at BMO Field. So, yeah, there's a lot of excitement going around the city. So you're taking off for Vancouver uh, shortly after you talk to us. You're playing a team that is not going to be in the playoffs. What uh, do you have to be aware of taking on the Lions on Saturday night? Well, they're definitely a, a good test for us. You know, in order to win the Great Cup, we have to beat a Western team. So, you know, they're they're playing pretty good football right now. I know they're, you know, a lot of things could didn't go their way this season with them not making the playoffs. But I think they're just as good as any other team that, that made the playoffs this year. So, uh, Jonathan Jennings, you know what type of quarterback he is. He was ranked top three, top four, and uh, top 50 CFL players, and they have one of the best receiving cores in the league. This is a great challenge for us defensively. Because, like I said before, we haven't been playing our best football defensively the past three or four weeks. A lot of teams have been scoring 30-plus points on us. We've been winning some games, but teams have been scoring a lot of points on us. So, either we just got to come out and, and, you know, be excited, understand that defense wins championships, and whatever we can do, to get the quarterback, to get to get to the quarterback, we need to do that, and whatever we can do to get the ball back to you know legendary quarterback, all the fame quarterback like Ricky Ray, that gives us an even better chance to win. If you win, of course, I mean you're coming off a bye week, and if you win, then you get another week off before you would play another game. Do you guys view that as a, as a huge positive? Do you have enough guys kind of nicked up that they'll they take that uh, another extra rest? 
Uh, yeah, most definitely, man. But we look at it as a way as it's one step closer to assuring us and one more extra night of sleep to get and understand that you're going to be at least in the conference finals. And, you, have, you know, you have two weeks to prepare for the conference finals. So, uh, you know, we, we're definitely coming out here and uh, understanding this is a must-win playoff game for us, and it gives us a little more advantage because we're one of the teams that are probably one of the only teams that are playing playoff football right now as far as with this game having a lot at stake this week. Well, it is the, the final game of the CFL regular season Saturday night, and there's something on the line for the Toronto Argonauts in BC uh, taking on the Lions. Sean Lemon of the Argos, glad you're back in the lineup. Best of luck this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week to talk about the playoff push. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Our thanks again to Sean Lemon for joining us. Thanks also to Henry Wozchuk and Joe Gunnis, and thanks to you for listening to the Ratio podcast this week. We'll join you again before the playoffs.